Can you turn a few people, at least wave at them, uh, let them know that you are glad that they are here this morning. Um, I'm glad that a very dear friend of mine, someone that I have known for, uh, since I was first saved back in 1981, actually, he got saved in 1982, and him and his wife were so, so gracious to me when I was single, and uh, he would open up his home, and we'd have great times of fellowship, prayer, and good food. Uh, Aldo Molino, so good to see you. He now lives in Florida. He's up here um, actually staying with us. His father just passed away a few days ago, and the funeral was yesterday, so just continue to keep him in prayer. But so good, glad to see you here this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of you are glad to be in God's house this morning? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to Isaiah chapter 6. We started a series last week called Seeing Clearly. Seeing Clearly. And we looked at the topic of seeing truth clearly last week. And uh, this morning we want to look at seeing God clearly. Seeing God clearly. We said that as we grow older we find that our vision begins to change. Did. And I have found that I either need stronger glasses or larger print. Pretty soon I'm going to be walking around with those big, big Bibles, the large print Bibles. Now, you know, a Bible is, uh, could be a good size, but when you have large print, you know, it's just going to be that much bigger. Um, and I've noticed Pastor Mike, you know, he does a lot of our media and our banners and, and all of that. And I could tell he's young and his eyesight is pretty good because sometimes his, the print is so small. And I have to tell Pastor Mike, you've got to realize that we've got a lot of older people too. And uh, they can't read as well or see as good as you can. But uh, thank God for youth and, and good eyesight. But you'll get there. Um, but what's true in the spiritual realm, please listen to me this morning. What's true in the spiritual realm or, or in the natural realm is true in the spiritual realm. Once there was a time when maybe you saw things very clearly or I saw things so crystal clear. We knew Enable to discern and, and know truth versus error, uh, good versus evil. And Jesus even told his disciples, blessed are your eyes, for they see these things. And so there was a clear-sightedness, there was a good understanding that the disciples had. But the reality of it is that as time goes on, as we grow older... We could tend to maybe uh, not see as well. Maybe because of hurts that we experience. Maybe bitterness is in our heart, unforgiveness. Life just comes, comes at you, it comes at you quickly. And you know what, we begin to experience things that maybe dim our vision and cloud things up a little bit. And sometimes even sin, unconfessed, un dealt with sin in our life could cloud our vision. The psalmist, David, understood this. 
When David had uh, sinned and committed adultery and uh, broken the commandments of God, he writes about his experience at that time. And this is what he wrote in Psalm 38, verse 10. He said, the light has gone from my eyes. And what he was saying and what he was writing about in the context of that psalm was his experience of having just disobeyed God, sinned against God, broken God's commandments, and he found that the light began to dim. His vision spiritually began to dim. And if we're all honest, we have had that experience before. But thank God for repentance. Thank God that we could ask God for forgiveness and he forgives us and he restores our sight. He restores our vision. But my desire for you and for us today as God's people, as the children of God, we sang this morning, I am a child of God. And my desire for you and for me is that we would pray like the psalmist prayed in Psalm 119 verse 18, Open my eyes that I may see. Open my eyes that I may see. Can we focus this morning? Can we focus? You know, uh, we tend to spend so much time in front of a tablet, in front of a phone, in front of a screen, and, and we're so distracted. But, but let's pray, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Help me to see this morning. Help me to comprehend. So in this series... We're talking about seeing clearly, seeing more clear. And we need to see God. We need to see God more clearly. We need to get a vision of God. In a time when we are taken up with politics, personalities, and people, we need to see God afresh and anew. Can you say amen? So let's look at Isaiah chapter 6. We're looking into the word of God. Isaiah chapter 6, in the verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his feet, with two he covered uh, his face, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken, and the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke with the glory of God. So my question to you is, why do we need a fresh vision? Very simply because our vision changes and many times it's not for the better. Because many times our vision of God is too small. Why do we need a fresh vision of God? Because sometimes our vision of God can become too small because of our focus, we're focusing on other things. Someone has once said, if our God is small enough for us to understand him fully, then he is not big enough to be our savior. Let me say it again, if our God is small enough for us to understand him fully, then he is not big enough 
to be our Savior. So this morning, we want to see God more clearly. Amen? And you know, when we do see God more clearly, we will see ourselves more clearly. We will also see our world in a better perspective, in a clearer perspective. So in Isaiah chapter 6, we see Isaiah, the prophet of God. Isaiah wrote the book that bears his name, 66 chapters, some of the greatest literature uh, of the Bible. It's all great, but the way Isaiah wrote was just so amazing. And uh, many of the verses that we sing or know about during Christmas time are found in the book of Isaiah. Many of the prophecies of Christ, of his death, of the cross, are found in the book of Isaiah. Beautiful, beautiful literature. Isaiah was a prophet of God for many, many years. And the Bible tells us in verse 1 of chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Now, Uzziah, it's, it's interesting to note, or we should take a moment just to look at who Isaiah, uh, Uzziah was. Uzziah was a king of Judah, and he reigned for 52 years as the king. And he reigned during a time of great prosperity. He was used by God to lead God's people, the nation of Judah, back to God to a time of expansion, uh, of growth, of prosperity. And for the most part, he was a good and, and noble king. And he had led the people uh, and done so much for the nation, reigning as one of the longest kings in all of the history of the people of God. 52 years. Now, during uh, the end of his reign, we see the nation beginning to decline spiritually. Isaiah comes on the scene and he's dealing uh, as a prophet of God, having to speak for God to a nation that is going down the wrong path, moving, uh, moving away from God. And so we see a lot of the prophecies um, at this time, uh, very foreboding, uh, very heavy in, in the nature of the judgment that's about to come. But, but for Isaiah as the prophet, he had access to the court. He had access to the royal court of Uzziah, and he had a good relationship with Uzziah. And as I studied this, as I looked at it, many commentators uh, uh, kind of felt that this, this relationship that they had was one of mutual respect. And, and for, for maybe Isaiah, he had his eyes on this king because he had done so much for the nation. And, um, you know, like we can get our eyes on people sometimes. Isn't it true we can begin to trust in people, especially if uh, they are productive and, and fruitful and, and do a lot? And, and so for Isaiah, maybe his eyes were too focused on the earthly king. Maybe his eyes were too focused too long and maybe too much upon his phone while the preacher was preaching. Come on, I know not all of you are looking at the Bible while you're 
heads are down. I know this is kind of tricky because we got an excuse. Well, I'm on my Bible, but if I can just get over your shoulder. Um, we're going to put on new, uh, new, new uh, cameras and surveillance so I can see what you're really looking at while I'm preaching. Amen. Show me your phone. Come on, show me your phone. Come on, I'm looking. All right, all right, good, good. But for Isaiah, you know, in the scriptures, it starts off in this passage, in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, I want you to understand something. That's not just in a historical footnote. That's not just giving us a little bit of history. I believe that something spiritual, uh, something significant spiritually. You see, Uzziah died, and maybe, just maybe for Isaiah, from the context, it seems like it was a spiritual turning point. You see, sometimes it takes maybe a negative circumstance or even a tragedy in our lives for us to truly see God. Isn't it true that difficult circumstances, difficult situations help to shift our focus off of created things to the creator? You see, when we have too much trust in people or things, or money, or uh, ability, or whatever, we get our focus off of God. But all of those things will eventually disappoint us. For the Bible says, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Now that's, that's hard to take in our culture of independence, our culture and, and, and you know, you know, being famous and doing what we can do and, and being productive and being secure in ourselves and being strong. But the Bible says that, that you're cursed if you trust in man. Why? Because man, people cannot be your security. Only God can be your security. And that's why the Bible goes on to say, blessed, blessed, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. So for Isaiah, maybe his eyes were too much on Uzziah. We've got to keep that straight because that could be a little too confusing. Isaiah, Uzziah, who's he talking about? They're two different people. One's the king, one's the prophet. Uzziah dies, and now Isaiah is able to see and get a vision of God. You see, Uzziah died, so now there's an empty throne from a human perspective. But Isaiah saw a heavenly throne. Isaiah saw the Lord seated on a throne. We're living in a world with no exaggeration that is in confusion, disarray, and much uncertainty. But we as the people of God need to remember very simply, that God is still in control. Amen? When things are in an upheaval, when things are crazy, God is not in heaven scratching his head, 
rolling his eyes, wondering, what am I going to do now? He's not talking to the angels and saying, we need to have a board meeting. We need to, we need to have a, put together a task force uh, to figure out what we're going to do on earth. No, like I said from the very beginning when, when this whole pandemic started, when we were just doing live stream and there was nobody in the sanctuary except the staff, a few of us, and we were just speaking to a screen solely and exclusively. Here's what I said. I said this scripture from the Psalms. God sat enthroned during the flood. God sat enthroned during the flood. What does that mean? That God, during a worldwide calamity of this flood, sat unaffected but still in control. He was still in control. And here is Isaiah. The earthly king dies, but the heavenly king is still on the throne. And at this moment in time for Isaiah, he got a vision of God. In you and I, as the people of God, we need to see God more clearly. You say, how do you do that? That's a good question because we're on earth. God is in heaven. How do you connect with God? Well, you know, one of the ways that we believe strongly here, based upon the scriptures, is that praise and worship is so important as followers of Christ. Amen? You see, we take significant time before the preaching of the word. And uh, we take time in this church to, to praise and to worship God. It's not a preliminary. It's not something just to do to wait for the rest of the people to get here. The latecomers, none of you, some of you. I love you anyway. But get here on time. Amen. At work, you get fired. But you see, we take significant time before and sometimes at the end of our service. Why? Because we believe that singing, praising, lifting hands to heaven, clapping, um, helps us to get a God perspective. You see, praise and worship begin, helps us to begin to, to focus on God as we begin to sing of the greatness of God, as we begin to praise him and worship him and honor him and bless him, we begin to get a vision of God. We begin to see God and focus on God instead of our problems. You see, when you talk about your problems over and over again, what happens? Your problems grow. When you focus on the negative, when you focus on what's going wrong in your life, you just get overwhelmed, you get discouraged, you get depressed, and it just has that, that self-defeating effect on us. But when we begin to praise God and worship him, what happens is we begin to see God. We begin to rehearse the great things he's done. We, we sang it today. He made a way in the wilderness. He made a way through the Red Sea. He made a way on the cross. We begin to sing of all the great things God did, not just in Bible times, but in our times, in our personal lives, how God has made a way for us. God has blessed us in the past, and we need to rehearse that and remember that so today that we can get a better perspective a faith perspective. You see, when you focus on God, you begin to see him a little clearer. Isn't it true that in life, whatever you focus on gets clearer, bigger, and greater? It could be the smallest thing. I could take a nickel, and if I hold it up to the sun, 
and I focus on that nickel, it actually appears bigger than the sun. Is it bigger than the sun? Obviously no, but what you focus on becomes bigger. You see, when we focus on God and we see things from God's perspective, it changes everything. We focus on God, his word, prayer. That's why church is so important, church attendance. I encourage you to continue to be faithful, consistent, be committed. Some of you that are watching online, thank you for your faithfulness and watching online, but maybe some of you need to take a step of faith. Come back to the house of God. Get into fellowship, get in a life group. These things are critical to help you to grow stronger in your faith. You see, you and I, we know things from our limited human perspective. And that's what can be so overwhelming sometimes. When you go higher in praise and worship, what happens is you get a different perspective. You know, every time that I have flown on a plane, when you go up 25, 30,000 feet, you get a totally different perspective of the things on earth. All of a sudden, those mountains, those rivers, those valleys, all begin to look so small from up there. What does praise and worship do? It says that you mount up with wings like eagles. You get a different perspective. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Worship, church, prayer and fasting afford us that opportunity you see, for Isaiah, he was a prophet of the Lord. Maybe his vision was a little clouded by King Uzziah. You see, we can get a little too focused on people, on things, and on human securities. We can get a little too focused on things from an earthly perspective. But Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. You see, Uzziah was removed, so Isaiah was able to see God more clearly. Hasn't it been true sometimes in life that God has had to sometimes, in a, in a hurtful, in a painful way maybe, remove some things? Human securities that really cannot Minister security. You know, they're like that, that verse in the Bible where the prophet told the king, you're trusting in Egypt for your security. It's like leaning on a bruised reed. In other words, that thing you think is secure is going to pierce you through anyway. You see, when God sometimes removes some things, it might hurt, but it's for a greater purpose. God never takes away anything but to bless you in a greater way. I know that to be true. Could it be in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord more clearly? Could it be for you and I in the year of COVID? We can see the Lord more clearly. Could it be in the year of a setback, in the year of a loss? We can see God more clearly. You see, God tends to use these times, these difficult times in the year of COVID 
to refocus our vision to see him more clearly. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, we gain a God, a God perspective. Genesis 50, verse 20 is Joseph speaking to his brothers. And, he, and Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. What was that? What was he talking about? He was talking about how Joseph from a, a teenager was hated by his 11 brothers or his 10, 10 of his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was mistreated. He was lied about, put in prison, and then forgotten. And you think you've had it bad. Then God had him released. And God exalts him to the second highest position in all of the land. He is right next to Pharaoh in authority. The Bible says no one can lift their hand, their finger without the approval of Joseph in a place of authority. But that was after much time had passed. You see, we like the promise. We don't like the process. We like the promise and then we like the finished product. But God doesn't work that way. You know, uh, for, for Joseph, much time had a, had a pass. And what I have found is God doesn't always balance his books in the fiscal year. God doesn't always balance his books December 31st. God has a different timetable. God doesn't work on our timetable, but be assured he's faithful to his promises. Be assured he will honor his word. Be assured that if you are not weary in well-doing, you will reap if you faint not. But I want to close with, with this thought. Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it for evil. What was that? That was the human side. That was the human perspective. You meant it for evil. And you see, if we're not careful as the people of God, we can get stuck on the human perspective. See, it's a coin with two sides of the coin. It's the same coin, but two sides of the coin. Joseph's saying, you meant it for evil, but if we get stuck there, what happens? Bitterness, hatred, anger, and that poisons our spirit. You meant it for evil. Are there people who mean it for evil? Yes, unfortunately, there are things in life, there are people, sometimes they do mean it for evil. But don't get stuck there. Joseph said, the human perspective was, you meant it for evil. But the God perspective was, God meant it for good. God meant it for good. See, that's the heavenly perspective. The human perspective is Uzziah is dead. The heavenly perspective is I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. The human perspective is you meant it for evil. The heavenly perspective is God meant it for good. And I want to close with a verse of scripture from John chapter 20, verse 20. 20, 20. Vision for 2020. 2020 vision. Look what John 2020 says. Now when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they, when they saw the Lord. 
That's 2020 vision. When they saw the Lord. Let's get a God focus. Let's praise. Let's, let's worship. Let's look to God. Let's look into his word and honor him and see what he's done and rehearse and remember what God has done. Jesus said this, and I want us to stand together, and I want us to, to pray. Would you all stand together with me this morning? Jesus said this. Now, some of you might be thinking, some of you might be wondering, how do I see God? That, that sounds a little lofty and a little out of reach. But I want you to listen. I want you to listen, really listen with both ears, your physical ear and your spiritual ear. Look what Jesus said in that same chapter of John. Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying to Thomas, yeah, you had to see first before you believed. But you know what? There's a blessing or there is a blessedness of those who have not seen me physically, but they still believe. Think of the faith. Think of the grace. Think of God's work handiwork in your life that today you're here you've never seen Jesus physically but you believe how powerful is that you know what Jesus was saying Thomas there are people who are more blessed than you because you had to wait to see to believe but there are some people who have not yet seen but they believe you know what that tells me that tells me seeing is not believing but believing is seeing amen What I want to do as we close today, I've asked the pastoral staff, the elders, to be available to pray, to stand behind you with their masks, to pray for you, that God would just help you to see more clearly, to see Him. You know, in our world, we get affected by the news, we get affected by what happens, and we begin to view God in ways that are not even biblical. You know, we say things like, Wait till I get to heaven. When I see him, I got a thing or two I'm going to tell him. Are you kidding me? When you talk like that, I want to get away from you because a thunderbolt might come from heaven and scorch you. Who do you think? Who do we think we're talking about? The man upstairs. He's not the man upstairs. He's the one that angels in their purity and their perfection cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So, Keep in mind who we're, we want to see, the Holy One of Israel. But you know what's so awesome about that? The Bible says, though the Lord is on high, though the Lord is high and lofty, yet He comes down. He comes down to fellowship, to connect with Him who, he who is humble. So this morning, if you need prayer, whatever your need is, see the problem is not the problem. The problem is our vision. The problem is we're looking at the problem. 
we've got to look at God this morning. So this morning, we're going to just take five minutes before we dismiss. Would you just move forward? If you need prayer, we just want to take a moment. I'm going to just ask the elders and the pastors, just stand behind you, lay a hand on you, just pray over you. God knows what your need is. Come on, let's look to God this morning. The psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes and I will look unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord. Amen. We're going to sing and then I'm going to close in prayer. Pastors, elders, if you can just begin to move and quickly take a minute or two to pray. Let's just pray for one another. Let's just pray over one another. Once you've received prayer, you can just maybe return to your seat. But let's worship the Lord right now.